Are you going to record? No, I think you're recording, computer. This computer's falling apart. Um, hey, everybody. It's Next Planet Over. Our show devoted to sci-fi, fantasy, and horror TV shows of the 80s and 90s and 2000s. And, uh, well, we kind of caught up on our other show, Hit Rewind, and I'm, I'm well, for the most part, and uh, wait for Jacob to watch the movies of 1982 so we can move on to 1983. So I, uh, I have my friend John here, who hasn't been on the show in a long time. You did the Twin Peaks episode two years ago, two and a half years ago, with uh, Andrew and his wife. Yeah, going over going over the uh, reboot, uh, well, not reboot, continuation of, of Peaks. And my my uh, not as impressed with it as Andrew and Elvie were. Yeah, I, I I had to step out. That's I was like, dude, you got to do this one because I cannot do this because I I've never seen a single episode of Twin Peaks and everybody knows that I'm the kind of guy who is uh, uh, frustrated easily and I just feel like I would get pissed off pretty quick. Well, the first two seasons are good. It's just they did this. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't good, yeah. or not as good as it probably should have been. I've been apprehensive about watching True Detective too because I heard that it's frustrating, ambiguous. Not, not my game. Haven't seen, haven't seen any of that yet. Yeah. Uh, so this episode, we picked four sci-fi TV shows to watch the pilot episode of, and uh, I'm curious of the four shows. Uh, we have Force, uh, Farscape, uh, Earth, Final Conflict, Space Rangers, and Space Precinct. Have you seen any of these before? I'm pretty sure I've seen an episode or two of Farscape, only because I had a kind of a visceral... Going into this, I had kind of a negative feeling about it, because it's like Farscape. And I know I picked it, too. But it's like, I think I've seen it, because I know at least from like promotional materials and stuff like that i remember that there's space chewbacca and <laughs> there's uh there's there's the blue chick and there's the alien from independence day yeah you see Yoda it as chewbacca i saw it as Worf. <laughs> well i think i i wrote about a space gimli actually in my notes okay that's actually the best but yeah but and there's also somewhere in there there's a uh there's a guy with a dock strap on his face, and you know it's you know it was a show that I just never watched, at least that, or at least I never engaged fully. So I felt like, you know what, if we're gonna you know pick these film, pick these episodes, let me give that a shot. You know, I was thinking, uh, I think we had just got the Sci-Fi Channel the year that debuted. I came home from college, uh, it was between my uh, third year and fourth year. Uh, yes, I know I went to a two-year college. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I changed majors, okay? It slowed me down, and then my last semester was only like, oh, you need six more credits. Full of shit. Uh, I guess I'll stick around for another semester, so shut up. Um, uh, they, they discovered the Sci-Fi Channel, and they were starting their um, whole set of original TV shows. And I think that's why our, our cable provider picked up on it, because it wasn't just doing reruns like they were always doing. You know, they were always the guys that would show, like, Manimal and Voyagers, you know, shows that would last one or two seasons, and that's all they had to air. And um, Universal decided to put some real money into some of the shows. And I'm trying to remember, the three originals that they had uh, was First Wave, Farscape, and then they picked up Sliders from Fox. 
Yeah, because I do, I do remember when Sliders moved over to sci-fi, because that was also kind of was a bit in its quality. Yeah, in, and in the cast Sliders was always too, a yeah. cheap show. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, all these are like Canadian or, or Australian or something like that. That's the way the syndicated sci-fi shows were. They're always shot in some other location that would be cheaper. Um, and I remember seeing the previews for... Uh, uh, Farscape and thinking, why does it always look like this when shot like over in England? There's always a video quality or a, f- a film quality. Do you ever notice that? Like lower budget stuff always looks like well, it has a massive fog filter on it. Yeah, actually, that's one thing I noticed was uh, with Space Precinct was actually one of my first notes is this looks like amazingly cheap British stuff, you know, like Doctor Who. Then I looked it up and oh, that was actually co done by uh, the BBC. Yeah, well, it's okay. What is it about their film quality that makes it look like that? Can they just not get the same stock? Because they weren't shooting on digital then; they were using film. So, did they just have different quality available to them, and, and that that was it? Because I see this out of Italian stuff and Japanese stuff too. Yeah, it is different film qualities. It is also the fact that they run off PAL, so all their equipment is running a little bit differently. So we kind of get. You know, when the conversion happens, so to run NTSC, you do lose a little bit of stuff there as well. Oh, okay. I never even thought of that. I thought maybe they were just only available for, like, Super 16 or something like that. They just love fog filters. You got me. But um, I I was interested in the Jim Henson stuff. For some reason, some sci-fi shows really just don't interest me. I usually don't like shows that take place in space. There's something about them. Um, I think lacks the uh, oh I can relate to that I like the sci-fi shows that are like one step beyond reality right now um, which is weird because I love Star Trek The Next Generation so much but I don't know or, or Stargate no no Stargate was on our earth that's why I related to it and they went to other planets but um, it, it takes that, that, that concept you see a lot in sci-fi shows where it takes a human and, and puts him into outer space or a different world it's the uh, Adam Strange rule or the Flash Gordon Buck Rogers rule yeah, and, and that's the thing, is that becomes, that a character becomes our eyes, he's the audience surrogate now, to this weird world, so they can explain all this stuff, and we just, and we can now go, oh, okay, I understand now, because our our dummy hero doesn't understand it either. Yeah, I feel like the British are more sophisticated with their sci-fi, and I always feel like an idiot, like, I never really watched Doctor Who, um... What was the other one that I was thinking of? There's another sci-fi show that was set in... Ink. Oh, oh, um... Oh, damn it. It's a comedy show. It's in space. It's in the 90s. Oh, uh, Red Dwarf. Yeah, Red Dwarf always seems like it loses me, too. And I always feel like an idiot when I watch them. But I feel like they have... They're more interested in creating this whole new world. And I think it's it's the influence of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, where they're just like, let's go deep into this mythos. Well, it's like... it. It doesn't talk down to you in in many ways. I mean, granted, Doctor Who is kind of a kids' show, so it is? they do. What? Yeah, yeah, it's actually a kids' show. I didn't know. I uh, well, it's it's gotten darker uh, lately, but uh, it's always kind of been well. Maybe not say a kids' show. Let's say a family show, but it's always been kind of designed to. Oh yeah, we'll we'll give you the rules, and then. Once, once you see that first episode where we set up our rules, because we'll have a new character pop up, okay, now we're just going to go wild. And if we have to explain something, we will. But pretty much, it this is it. Context clues are all you get. Yeah. 
And I think Farscape, I think it, I think it lacks the accessibility of a lot of TV shows. But the people who love it, I mean, love it. If this is the most popular show of the four we're going to talk about, and this still has a strong fan following today, didn't it, it continued like the longest too? I think it was like four or five seasons, and it had a couple TV movies, right? Something like that. Yeah, it yeah. it did last quite a while, and yeah, it it's popular as hell, and. From this pilot episode, I don't know why. Yeah, I know. I feel like an idiot. I feel like like someone's listening to this right now going, that's it, I'm done. And that's usually what happens. But for me, I just couldn't connect. It looked um, interesting, like visually, and I knew what they were trying to do, but I apparently am a Neanderthal who couldn't get into it. It's too sophisticated, too deep in its own mythos. For Already, I mean, instantly from one episode, just in it, and I'm like, oh my god, what? I feel like I'm watching episode three yeah. of uh, season six. Yeah, it does. It just kind of it drops you in into this thing quite a bit, like because let, let's be honest, this experiment that our hero is uh, going on at the very beginning, am I am I wrong or does it seem like it's the most dangerous thing ever with no safety net to get his ass out of it? <laughs> yeah, they do that a lot in these kind of things. <laughs> He's gonna shoot. He's basically just gonna use the Earth's gravity to shoot himself into deep space, a la Star Trek. Uh, but how's he gonna stop? <laughs> yeah, I, well, I, I had that thing with Time Cop too. I never understood Time Cop with oh, you go super fast, you open up a portal, you go through it, and then you just hit a button on your watch and you go back. What? How does that even? And then when you come back, you're not in uh, the chair. How are you in the chair again? I don't understand. <laughs> well, they, they just keep losing that craft. Yeah, every time they go through time. I don't get that. Yeah, there's it's certain a- things in sci-fi you just kind of have to let go. Because I watched Space Camp yesterday for the first time. And, uh, I, no, 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 no. Not 1986. It didn't exist, and then I just had to let go, because it, it's a fantasy. Well, the other part of it is that his little spaceship, it, what he's trying to do, he doesn't have the shields that's going to keep little rocks and stuff from uh, from flying through there. He's, It's an incredibly stupid thing to get to him for going through a wormhole to get to the other side of the galaxy or whatever it is that he did going down that sliders tunnel but it's that setup that really just kind of I just I couldn't get onto the setup before he actually gets into the space the real space adventures here's another thing um I don't like puppets unless it's a comedy or or strictly a family show when I'm I'm trying to get into this deep thing I'm looking at this alien going yeah, I get it, but when it's CGI, I'd rather have someone in a in a costume. Something about it disconnects me, too, because I feel like all of a sudden I'm watching a kid's show, like Fraggle Rock. Yeah, that's that's kind of the problem, is that our uh, little space chicken, who's apparently royalty, is it, just, yeah, this is weird little hand puppet. And, I mean, large hand puppet, obviously, but still, it's it's... Even though it's a tangible physical object, it looks way too fake compared to all the other stuff around it. Right. I mean, at least their pilot, the uh, the alien from Independence Day, at least that we see it, at least in the pilot episode, through a, like a view screen. So we're not seeing this puppet and its tentacles flopping around and stuff. Or if it is, I do I block that part out. <laughs> we see it. We at least see it. I can remember it seeing like a blue filter over it. Yeah. Uh, any notes you have on this show before we switch to another one? 
basically, I just found it so extremely slow moving. Like, it's this first contact tale, and I'm not wowed by this world that they're trying to create at any point. Well, Although, I think, I think apparently is... Umbrella Technology is universal. <laughs> his his acting's okay, but I don't believe him in this performance. I mean, I've seen him in other stuff. He took over on Stargate and he was fine. Um, but I don't particularly believe that he's like, what the fuck? And I don't want to see him, like, lose it. Like, this is insane. What am I, what, you know, I mean, I know he was expecting to see something new when he went into deep space. But I expected more of a comedic approach. And I guess it was just too dry for me. Yeah, it's your first contact with aliens and there's some, again, space Gimli is standing over here and why aren't you freaking out? And, again, space chicken. and But but you get these little goofy robots at the beginning, you know, his first thing he sees and it's like, those robots aren't cute. I know you're trying to make them cute, but they're not. <laughs> the uh, On the opposite end of the spectrum, we have Space Rangers, which is a really, like, mean and lean badass almost like a precursor to firefly uh it, it, yeah. it, it feels it's a western and outer space and it has these guys that are uh, you know just basically sheriffs you know deputies and stuff like that in the west and they're going on these ex- extremely dangerous missions and i can't believe the detail they went into on this show the special effects for the most part still look amazing after what 27 years i absolutely love space rangers this is the only show of the four that i've seen every episode of this one I did not dig, but, however, I will sit there and go, like, yeah, like you said, it seems like it is kind of the, the blueprint for Firefly. And also, one thing I noticed uh, that you may not necessarily appre- uh, appreciate or notice, but I think Cowboy Bebop, uh, this anime, ripped off part of the show because the little warp ring that they go through yeah. was in, in 2000 was uh, used by Cowboy Bebop as the transportation from planet to planet. Interesting. The, the one thing I didn't so get I was, re- we have Carrie, uh, and what I like about the cast, too, is that it's it's a good mix. It shows you, like, it's a Star Trek rule, is that it's a mix of everybody. I, But it's still another generic white lead. Not that you can't have a white person as a lead, but it always seems like these sci-fi action shows always have a bland doll lead, and everybody around them is more interesting. Well, it's like you have Linda Hunt in here, and that that credit surprised me, but then, yeah, it's also, and I must have missed the credit, but then I, when he shows up, I'm going, dude, is that Shang Tsung? Yeah, Kerry Hiroki Tagawa, yeah. with a, a, a yeah. collar that keeps, they show him being birthed or something, or he's in hibernation, and they, they, uh, they're building a new team, extremely, like, dangerous missions, and they want him because he's a badass warrior. I don't 100% understand how the collar thing works, how it neuters him or whatever you want to call it, or you know, subdues him, and then they let it go and he turns into a, a badass because it's not consistent with the rules, even in the pilot episode. Yeah, he's he's, take, he's putting it on and taking it off, and it doesn't seem like it has any does does anything really. But yeah, it, it was also for a second like. Aside from him being born or whatever it is, I'm like, is he an alien? <laughs> I, or is that just he was in a prison? Or I, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I don't get this. But yeah, he's basically like the war of the of the series. He's like apparently a honorable 
uh, warrior, except for the fact that he seems like he's a liability and psychotic. <laughs> yeah. It, it always, I can't remember his name, Jack something, he was on Rescue Me. He's like their uh, go-to old-timer, the one that can fix the ship and has been on so many missions. And like every single part of him has basically been replaced. I love that little detail of like, and this ear here, it's, you know, just the, the makeup on it's really good. Well, he also had, he also is playing like loud rock music and stuff while flying. It, like, there's a lot of touches in this that I like. I just, it started putting me to sleep, which is never a good sign. Oh, okay. But it's, it's one of those things where I go, you have to start somewhere with, with a concept like Firefly. You know, you have, someone has to do something first and not always succeed in order to uh, get something that also fails, but yeah. people like more. <laughs> well, I think it's, it's Space Above and Beyond, I think, takes a little bit of influence in this, where it's taking the lasers out of it. It's taking the fantasy element out of it and trying to do these details that would, you know, they're really minute. I think maybe they spent a little too much time on the details, and uh, they should have spent more time, I think, on making it more adventurous. Uh, it's it's kind of a straightforward mystery slash uh, shoot 'em up at the end, and uh, Wings Hauser is a, I think a tired cliche as a villain. I think they could have probably chose someone better. Yeah, <laughs> the man has a big face. I'm going to tell you that he's like maniac cop <laughs> big face. Ah, sorry, I'm toasty. I'm toasty here. So I recommend it. it's only six episodes long. Uh, you can get the here's the weirdest thing. You can get it on. Uh, DVD for like 10 bucks and it has two discs and I was like oh okay so they just split it up three episodes in each disc no they ultra compressed all six episodes onto one disc so it looked shit and then on the second disc they edit them into movie form so three episodes are edited it's so stupid because that's how they issued them out on VHS that's how I uh, that's how I saw it the first time as I rented my VHS tapes you don't see the face I'm making but I have like the Scrunchy, confused, like, why did they do that face? That... Yeah, they could have just issued as episodes, but no, they used to do this thing. Um, they would compress episodes together into a movie form and then sell them overseas. It started, I think, with Battlestar Galactica. Universal Studios was notorious for doing this. Hmm. Well, that's disappointing, because, yeah, it's like, because how, how I watched it was off of YouTube, and it would have been nice to see it a little... I wasn't wouldn't have expected it to be you know remastered and not deaf or anything, but at least looking a little better. Yeah, well, it's the only way we can get it now is a compressed Mill Creek disc. Damn it. Um, any notes on this one before we move on to another show? That was about it. Yeah, I, you, I really didn't have much on this one. Uh, Trilogy Entertainment was behind this one. They made their bones, I believe, on the Robin Hood Prince of Thieves movie, and then they signed a deal uh, with. Uh, I want to say it was uh, Alliance, I think. It was a Canadian company, and they did the Outer Limits reboot. Um, I think somehow they're involved in the whole Stargate TV show and this. And uh, Poltergeist, a legacy. So these guys had like some pedigree with creating sci-fi shows. Okay. This is the only one that was just a huge flop. I think it's because it was on a network. It was too expensive. I mean, this looks like they spent a lot of money building the sets and the special effects. They had, yeah, the sets on that are huge. Yeah, well, look at they, this. Look at the first episode of this. Space. Look at the first episode of this, and look at the first episode of Babylon 5, and clearly 
they were spending way more money than Warner Brothers was on Babylon 5 because those special effects do not hold up in any way whatsoever. No, no, but that that's another show I eventually will need to go yeah. down and <laughs> That's going to be like trying. a two-parter because there's a lot of Babylon 5. Five seasons, a spin-off series, and I think a couple TV movies. Yeah, that's, that'll be a hole to jump into if I if I really, yeah. really get into that one. Well, it's going to be rough. After this, we're doing sliders, and I still, I'm only on season two, so i got three more to go. Um, the third show we're going to discuss is Space Precinct, another British shot, weird-looking, lots of puppetry and uh, miniatures. But there's a goofy charm to this one. I'm not going to say that I love it. I've seen a few episodes. I'll, I'll revisit it every once in a while. But it has a weird, goofy charm that I kind of appreciate. Well, that's the thing is, this show is a crap police procedural, but it's made entertaining because of all the creature effects, because everything about it is lame if it was played 100% straight. Yeah. it's Is it a kid's show? Would you categorize it as that? I guess, although you do you do have that uh, what, our one dude, uh, the little racist uh, Asian guy, really got killed pretty badly. Like they they were screwing around with that bit. That's true. Well, it's uh, so this seems like the kind of thing they would air Saturday afternoons on your local like uh, unaffiliated network. Like, oh hey, we got Fox shows during the week. We got nothing on the weekend, so we're gonna air this and Hercules. Yeah, this this definitely feels like it would be like yeah Hercules, Xena, Spray, Space Precinct. Yeah, it has uh, Ted Shackelford from Dynasty. That's the only name you're really gonna get in this, and uh. Uh, it's produced by Jerry Anderson, who was more notorious in the 60s and 70s with his marionette shows like Thunderbirds and, and Stingray and stuff like that. I think this is his final production, but they do spend a lot of time, I think, putting these together. Where, yes, anybody with a keen eye will know their miniatures, but they're pretty good miniatures. Yeah, it's... Well, like I said, that's immediately after your little, little goofy uh, opening, you have this whole miniature set that this like chip is flying through and stuff and you know it's a miniature but everything about it looks good yeah it's cheap it's, yeah good. it's cheap but it's, it's campy um some of the stuff is laughable the girl with the psychic powers made me just giggle because it was so ridiculous oh the uh while our heroes are chasing the the bad guys you have the the obligatory cat scare where it's cat jumps out of somewhere Except instead of just a cat like falling into frame, someone chucks that sucker across screen. <laughs> they threw a cat. Hurrah! Well, it's probably not a real cat. Probably just a, a stuffed animal or something. But yeah, it it's the it's uh, the worst version of that that made it so great. And uh, it's cursed. I mean, I think Ted Shackelford's okay. He's not a generic lead, but his partner is like the dullest looks like straight out of college Canadian you know like that blandness and I, I just I felt nothing when I when he would talk I was like okay just stop move on go back to the lead or some puppet I was I was far more invested in the aliens in this show yeah. not, not necessarily the, the psychic one but those two that were wanting to play his video game to get tickets to a like a basketball game or something because uh-huh. the creature effects on them were great and for some reason, that was far more entertaining, as I said, than the police procedural that was kind of going on around it. Right. The, the, the scripts like, do feel like they were taken from, like, Dragnet, but just mortified, you know what I mean, modified 
to uh, sci-fi elements. Yeah, like I said, it's very by the numbers, and if you're surprised by anything that happens in it, this is the first time you've ever seen any police <laughs> type show. Did he, he had a family in this one, right? Ted Shackelford, the lead? Oh, yeah, and I, I did make some jokes about them where it's like, you know, oh, look, it's it's totally an American family, you know, you know, just just case you like a jolly G whiz sort of thing. Uh-huh. And then the kid really proved that he was 100% American by basically being, I do what I want when I want. <laughs> but I was thinking about not, that. Not necessarily those words, but. Yeah, the juxtaposition between his family life, and it was really surprising in Space Rangers where they give, give the lead a family. And that's more grounded. That feels like it's more harrowing because it's like real military uh, people in our world is that, yeah, they have families, they have a home, they have kids, and and they have to go out there every day and put their lives on the line and try to deal with that and and try not to bring it home to their family. And I thought that that show did it in a really good way, whereas Space Precinct handled it like a leave it to beaver bullshit way. (laughs) Yes. Yes, it did. Granted, the, the next show we'll talk about when we get to that, I think, has also handles it poorly, too. Yeah, it's. Uh, do you have any notes on this one before we go to Earth Final Conflict? No, no. Yeah, I think that, that's about enough for that one. Uh, Earth Final Conflict, I've tried to watch three times. I finally watched it and I liked it. But here's the thing that keeps stopping me and makes me laugh my fucking ass off is at the very beginning of the first episode, uh, they're showing a crowd. And the camera's panning around, and it shows the cast still standing there waiting for their cue to go. It's so obvious, and it makes me laugh so hard. Oh, well, what I didn't like was when we got, when you get to the uh, credit, the credit sequence that basically spells out everything that's going to happen in the episode. Well, that that happens a lot with pilots, though, because they got to... Okay, so there's two different ways to do a sci-fi show. The old way was make a two-hour movie. That way, if it doesn't get picked up by network, you can sell it overseas and sell it on VHS. This happened a lot. And the other way is, well, we got to have this form like a real episode because it got a whole season order or half season order. So we have to have a credit sequence ready to go. Well, what do we have to put together for the opening credit sequence? Well, we just have this one episode. So they have to take clips from that one episode to make your intro. Well, it's not even that. And maybe, you know, because I was watching this off Prime, uh, they had dialogue, well, a narration, I should say, which basically says, it was, it's explaining the plot. Oh, that's what I'm like, Okay, so you're talking like the Airwolf Knight Rider role. Yeah, literally, I know what's going to happen in this episode <laughs> from the credit sequence. Yeah, this is this is that weird era where, I guess, the, the legal um, problems around Gene Rodbury's death, I think, where the family was fighting over, if I'm remembering the right author, they were fighting over who had yeah. the real rights to his stuff, and then uh, they finally cleared it up, and then his wife uh, found these outlines in the attic, and they got she got this and uh, Andromeda. I feel like there was a third show. I could be wrong. And he had a lot of pilots that failed. I mean, mostly it was just Star Trek, right? And did he do, um, uh, what's the one with Martin Landau, Space 1999? Did he do that one? I don't think he did. But I mean, he tried so many shows. And they all failed, and they eventually got these two to go. And, you know, the pure Canadian syndicated. This was always on WGN, Saturday afternoons. And um, it's got another one of those generic white leads where you're like, oh, I remember you from some sitcom that failed a couple years ago. And then 
uh, what works in the show is the conspiracy theory element, which it takes a lot from V, really. I, I'm a huge fan of V, and I just yeah, kept oh, going, well, this is yeah. kind of the outline of V. Yeah, that, that's essentially it is. is. If you like V, you'll probably like this. I I really did dig, dig this uh, pilot. Although, let's I have to be honest, uh, Kevin Kilner can't act no guys so bland He's, it's it's about the people around him and the details but that's the problem with a lot of these canadian tv shows they they just it's fucking bottom of the barrel have you ever seen nightman jesus they really yeah. have nobody in that yeah. show can act but it's like his wife gets killed and we get to a shot you know a, a bit after you know right after that and i'm just wondering does does he not know his wife died <laughs> oh and no then she's dead his, uh. Yeah, and then apparently he does, but he's, yeah, just, I am a statue. I will say words. I am so passionate and angry, I'll go undercover and sell my thing and have this huge needle go into my brain. That made me want to fucking chuck. I got a thing with needles, <laughs> man. I got a thing, and it goes right through his yeah. jaw into his brain. I was like, oh, no, I can't look. But I'm like, why is his best? why is his best friend and now conspiracy buddy more broken up over his wife's death than he is. Yeah, it just feels like everything in this movie was shoved, like edited, trim, 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 to get too much plot into the into the first episode. And I'm like, how did he get this so fast? How is he part of their liaison? How did they already get him in there? And why, they're always attaching this thing to him. I feel like they fast forwarded. This feels like it should be like uh, during like the second arc of season one. Yeah, uh, I have to say that little wrist gun that they gave him. That thing grossed me out. That's a total Cronenberg uh, yeah, nightmare, man. Yep. Oh yeah, Just... that's all I can think about. What there's a there's a comic book I read as a kid, uh, Wild Star, where it had a parasite, like a, a giant uh, starfish, that attaches to his chest and gives him all these powers. And if you rip it off, holy shit, it takes all the skin with it. <laughs> oh, yeah. but. But yeah, it's like even in the setup for this thing, we're talking. You know, you get this whole thing about uh, these aliens, the Talons, come to Earth, and apparently they cure. You know, they fixed everything. But I never heard what they got in return. And even I, I would be on the con- on the evil conspiracy side of these people going, "What do they want?" Yeah. I kept thinking that too, and then it, they didn't really reveal it yet in the first episode. So I'm curious. So I'm gonna keep watching this because I'm more interested in the mystery than I am the actual like. Oh, what's the lead's arc in this whole series? Yeah, it. I don't think this ran super long. I think three, maybe four seven. years. That had to have been at least decent in order to stay on that long, huh? because syndicated uh, tele- five seasons. What's that? Yeah. Five seasons. Apparently. Five seasons? Okay, it had to get better because most shows in syndication last two to three, and, and that's just on pre sales. If it lasted that long, I can't imagine it's just on Gene Roddenberry's name. It has to be who's running the show. No, yeah. it. I'm definitely curious to see. Yeah, I want to know more about this mystery. But it's the same thing. Like, I, I've seen a good chunk of the original V. I, want, I saw the pilot for the remake, and that's another one that I definitely want to get get into again and actually finish I love okay so um, hardcore fan of V Um, the first episode uh, or the first season of the remake is really really good the second one falls apart like true true, yeah true calling and dollhouse and stuff like that shows that start off so strong the first season they get a second season luckily 
but they, they what happens is it's they just compress it down it's too much in, in too few episodes I think it's only like uh, eight episodes season two and it has so much pushed into it it's like Jericho did you watch Jericho? No, I never saw that one. Jericho season two was only six episodes long, and they shoved an entire season's worth of stories into those six episodes. And you're like, oh my god, what? I can't keep up. That yeah, that's too much. Yeah, that's there's, there's new no nuance. I mean, there's no character work. It's just plot, 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 plot. Let's go. Like I get, I get wanting to get rid of filler. Hell, I love, I love Lost, and that show had way too much filler. But when they also went down to, like, the half seasons, they needed to extend a little bit here and there as well. Because sometimes, yes, sometimes 13 episodes is good, but sometimes you do need to pad a little bit to uh, yeah. some of the shit that if I could, If I could take Buffy, though, if I could take Buffy and edit out the Freak of the Week episodes or Smallville, Smallville should not have been 10 and seasons long. I could take all the good episodes and push it down to five. Yeah, there's there is a happy middle ground somewhere in there where you can tell the story that you want to tell and give the characters enough enough time. Again, thirteen episodes I normally will will say work, but yeah. Well that's the curse of most sci fi shows though, is they only last thirteen episodes and sometimes even just one season. It's so hard to get any show beyond season two. Sci fi is a very niche show or niche uh, genre and it's only in the last decade with streaming services and cable helping keep that going because networks have just fucked up sci-fi so bad. Yeah. Well, even then, uh, not not to, not to dwell too much on Star Trek stuff, but Discovery is interesting but a hot mess of a show. Yeah, but it, but might, it, might, is it might correct itself because streaming gives you more time to fix things. Hopefully, but they kind of wrote themselves... I guess there's going to be a third season, but they wrote themselves into an ending. Oh, no. After after putting themselves in such a uh, continuity, you know, fuck-up. Yeah, that's one problem with a lot of these shows. So, I, mean, I don't know what I want in sci-fi. That's the thing, is because I feel like I get shows that are more uh, linear, and they're, they're not like, oh, we got a point A to point B. They're just like, let's just keep making episodes, like Stargate or whatever. They just have, like, a... A concept of how the season's going to go, but when you have a big bad and a build, you can really fuck up your series badly, and it never recovers. Look at Heroes. Heroes was amazing for the first season, and then just fucking shit. I mean, just terrible after that because they didn't have a plan in place after Brad Fuller left. See, that's now now to toot the horn of Doctor Who. Not every season is great, but at least when they go into it, they have. Every season is more or less self-contained. It's its own arc. It's its own thing. And when it's done well, you see all... Once you get to the end, and you if you want to rewatch it, you start seeing how every single piece falls into place properly. Yeah. And, and that, it's so hard to do that, set up It's and so... Off. I don't know how Supernatural did it for 12 seasons. I, I look at a lot of these shows, especially the ones of our youth, where there was no main focus, it was just a adventure of the week. Sure, people will talk about Knight Rider, uh, you know, passionately, but you ever watch the show again uh, past childhood? It's generic as hell. It, it, none of it matters. None of it matters. No, the 
the best shows truly have had something to say and to do and yeah it's but that's also you have to have something where yeah it's not necessarily that everybody obviously plans out what their you know where their end goal is but i think that's when you start a show they should probably have that uh what their final episode is and how you work to that that was the biggest problem with lost was obviously they didn't know what anything was they set up their uh their little uh mystery box and then just tried to figure it out by the you know yeah it's it's rough when that happens but um i think that brings us to the end of this episode um, like I said, we're still trying to catch up on Hit Rewind. We got some more comedies we got to discuss, me and Jacob. So um, if you'd like to, uh, John, we can do another one of these episodes. Obviously, Sliders is going to take a good long time. But we can fit, pick like four other shows that we can just watch the pilot, what we think of them, and will we continue. That sounds like fun. I, I definitely definitely like to. I like to dig into the obscure. Like for Maybe me, I'll space do Babylon 5. Yeah. <laughs> no, Babylon 5 is going to be another one of those long ones. I think as I get towards the end oh, of the series where I have more time, um, I'm going to pick the ones that are going to take longer, like Stargate and Babylon 5. And um, uh, what did we just mention? We just said it. Um, damn it. Whatever. It shows that last like five or six years. Lost. Damn it. Lost. Sliders. Uh, Sliders is going to take a while, yeah. So I'm thinking more shows that only lasted like 13, 16, you know, like uh, more, no more than a season. I'm going to find some random shows. You can pick four from those, and then uh, we'll go from there. Sounds like a plan. All right, time for plugs. I'm bald. I need plugs. Plug me. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like you're going to shoot me. Um, uh, your Twitter? I am musician, M-Y-U-Z-I-S-H-I-O-N. Come hit me up. Let's actually talk about stuff. Have fun, fun yeah. uh, engagements on Twitter, you're... not asshole engagements. Yes, that's the one part about Twitter is that trying to block all these people. Facebook, it's I have filter. I have a private setting. When people don't have a private setting, they post something. I see like eighty posts from people they don't know, and all calling them like a moron. I'm like, why don't you just change your settings so this doesn't happen? Well, I need my contacts in the industry. I don't right thinking right about now. You don't because there's nothing happening in the industry basically. <laughs> alright so that is it check us out on Facebook under Next Planet Over it is our fan page where we all share and discuss our favorite memories and the podcast of course of sci-fi fantasy TV shows and every once in a while we'll find a really cool release or a sale on a disc that we find and no we don't get any money for it but we appreciate the show so we want you to know and maybe you can pick that show up sounds good that's it I have no I have, there's no closing for this show so <laughs> da 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 bang <laughs> Bye, everybody. Hit warp speed. Hit. <laughs> What's the thing? <laughs> Ludicrous speed. <laughs> <laughs>